Hello TechFan listeners and welcome to TechFan number 363, Crickets. Hello, tech fan listeners. Um, as you can hear from the fact that I'm introducing the show and not Tim, uh, I'm on my own this week. And the reason is that Tim is not on his own this week. We were all set out to record this morning and uh, about an hour before he, uh, we would juice a record, he said that he texted me to say that there was a cricket in his living room that was really, really loud and that he couldn't find it. He spent an hour looking for it. Uh, and basically what happens is every time he moves in the room, the cricket stops chirping. And uh, as soon as he's still, it starts chirping again, but that means he can't track it down. Uh, certainly can't locate it. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Um, being a UK resident, uh, I know listeners of the show will know I've spent a lot of time in Florida over the years, but um, I've never encountered this particular problem. I would not have the first idea how to even find a cricket, let alone deal with it. So um, I do... While I, I can't really empathise with Tim's problem, I do sympathise with the fact that I'm sure it's a very difficult thing to find. Anyway, uh, he and I have agreed that it's too loud for us to do a dual show because um, we don't want a third participant on the track. And as I said, apparently it's very, very loud. So uh, I'm going to do a very quick um, solo show. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that I've been dealing with here. Uh, and then hopefully normal service will be resumed next week. So, um, it's that time of year. Apple has announced a phone event. A lot of the other companies are doing their phone events. um, And people are speculating about what's going to come in the next couple of weeks. I don't really tend to participate in that too much. um, And we don't often do it on the show here. Principally because I, I don't see the point. We will know exactly what each of these companies is doing when they actually announce their products. And in the meantime, speculation is, is to me, is kind of pointless. Um, it doesn't really get you anywhere um, at all. Um, there's often supporting evidence, rumours, leaks, that sort of thing. I, I like to have the um, surprise of the reveal. Um, I really don't want to know ahead of time too much about what uh, uh, Apple in particular are going to release. Uh, I'm not in the market for a new phone this year anyway, so that kind of dampens my enthusiasm a little bit as well. Um, I got an uh, iPhone 8 Plus last year through my company, and so I won't be eligible to change that until next year. So um, I'm not going to be looking to change my phone. So, uh, But there are people in my company who are. Um, who didn't who didn't go through the upgrade cycle last time, so they will probably be interested. But again, there's no point in me speculating and telling them what might happen. I need to know exactly what has happened so I can give them firm information. So I'm not really beginning on the um, on the speculation wheel. What I have been doing actually is is spending time looking at old phones. Um, I uh, I have a a real interest in older technology um, and I particularly like to acquire off eBay for cheap um, stuff that I perhaps might have been interested in the past but um, couldn't afford to to get um, at the time 
So I have been I've been trolling eBay for the last few few weeks looking for older phones. Um, and what have I picked up recently? I have a couple of Nokia's. I have the uh, the kind of one of the Nokia Communica case style phones. The one I've got is actually the E7. Um, and um, anybody who remembers these these phones from back in the day, basically they looked kind of like a slab phone, a bit more chunky than an iPhone. Um, and the reason they look like that is because you could either open them up like a clamshell or this particular one I've got, you kind of push on the side of the screen and it slides up out of the way and reveals a keyboard underneath and then you use it in a landscape mode. These phones mostly ran Symbian, which was Nokia's smartphone OS. Um, and, and these were all developed and, and put on the market in the days before the iPhone came along. So they kind of did things in the way that smartphones used to do things, which is nowhere near as slick and usable as the iPhone did. Um, the iPhone kind of really took the interface and kind of directly connected you to it. The the capacitive touchscreen uh, and the ability to literally put your finger on an icon or a page uh, and then slide it up and down with your finger and it felt like it was directly attached to your fingertip. This is not what phones did before the iPhone came along. Um, and so using this phone is is does feel very very clunky it feels like you're using a computer on a tiny little display um, which is is not ideal but what i like about these phones is actually the way they are constructed and built and put together there's a huge amount of engineering involved here um, and they're really quite elegant how they solve the problems of providing a keyboard uh, and a color screen in such a small device um, and because and because they're not doing things in kind of in an iPhone kind of way, uh, they can be um, much less power consuming. So these these phones often will run for four or five days without a charge, which is kind of interesting as well. Uh, and yeah, I like to have a you know pick one up for twenty thirty pounds, and I like to have a play around with them and see what they can do, understand what it's like to set them up. They are often incredibly clunky to configure and actually use and um, coupled with the fact as well that you know for, for instance for Nokia um, the company doesn't really exist anymore the Nokia of today is not the same company and so getting support firmware updates uh, software packages that you might need to talk to the phone over a computer um, because a lot of them were configured that way back in the day um, is also a bit of a challenge as well <laughs> I can hear a lot of you thinking well David why the hell do you even bother with this have you You've got enough things to do with your time. But, you know, it's kind of fun playing around with old stuff and trying to solve some of these old problems uh, and then seeing what they're like. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. What can I say? It's kind of like people who tinker with old cars, I guess, that sort of thing. So that's the Nokia E7. Um, it is really, really nicely constructed. The way the screen moves out of the way to get to the keyboard is 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 really kind of slick. Um, and... Um, you know, you can kind of see why, for a much smaller market than the iPhone, these kind of enterprise communication type phones were um, were useful to people during the day. I can imagine a lot of, um, you know, C-level executives and everything rocking one of these so they could keep up their email. Uh, and I think as well, there was a 
the iPhone kind of brought democratization of that sort of stuff to everybody because it, it brought it down to a point where everybody could use it. But back then, these things were the the purview of the more senior level in the, in, in business, I think, and people who were perhaps independent workers who wanted to have the, uh, the, the latest cutting-edge gear. Uh, and that in itself was a bit of a differentiator. And I suspect a lot of people liked them just because they were different than the regular phone. Because remember, back then, everybody was was rocking a regular phone that probably didn't do email, or if it did, did it in a limited way. It's one of the reasons as well that the BlackBerry was so um, popular, because it kind of marked you out as a business professional. So, um, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Now, the other one I've got, I'm just going to kind of bring it up on my computer here. This is uh, an, another Nokia, and this is the N95. And this is, if you ever see lists of um, kind of classic smartphones from back in the day, you'll, you'll find the Nokia N95 on the list. I always fancied having one of these. Um, as I said, you know, they were, they were expensive back in the day. But this was kind of the pinnacle of the non-smartphone smartphones. Um, it had a very distinctive design. It, it, it had a, it kind of looked like a PDA, had a big color screen on it, uh, and then kind of a, a set of buttons at the bottom allowed you to do various different functions. But it also slid two ways. So you slid it up, slid the screen up one way, and you got a keypad. And then if you slid it the other way, you got uh, media controls. And really the idea of this phone was that it would allow you to um, use your phone as a camera, as a media player, as well as a phone. Sound familiar? <laughs> so th this was also running um, Symbian, which was, uh, as I say, was uh, Nokia's kind of smartphone OS. Um, and despite the fact it didn't have a full-size keyboard, this was really designed to be um, almost like as close as you get to a computer and a phone within the limitations of uh, the technology that was available back in the uh, kind of mid-2000s. This, this thing came out in 2007. Um, and uh, yeah, again, build quality-wise, this thing is amazing. It's solid metal. Uh, the sliding mechanism is extremely satisfying and chunky. It has um, kind of a quite a, quite a big color screen for the time. Um, again, a good camera for the time. It had a Carl Zeiss lens on it, a uh, five megapixel camera. So that was kind of the equivalent of the simple, of the equivalent um, regular uh, standalone cameras of, of the day. Um, it, it was one of the first phones that had uh, 3G on it, um, it had video output on it, it had a web browser, it was able to show office uh, applications on it. This was really kind of Nokia's interpretation of how you, how a, a, they would probably have taken the smartphone of the future, because I think the communicator type ones that I was talking about before were always perceived to be kind of niche devices for the very high end. This was um, aimed to be... Uh, kind of the generic phone that everybody might have. Um, and yeah, it's a PC magazine, for instance, dis described it as one of the smart best smartphones in history on any platform. So this one I haven't actually received yet. So um, I have played with one in the past because I had a friend who had one. But um, I'm still waiting for that to come through the post from eBay. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, kind of having to play around with that. Um, I, I, I do like to... I do like to try and um, kind of eat my own dog food on these. So 
uh, I will often, when I get a phone like this, is uh, kind of set it up, get it all working the way I want it, and then actually rock it for a few days as my main phone. Oh, obviously, you just nowadays you just put a SIM in and, uh, from your from your regular iPhone or something like that, and actually use it as your main phone. So um, this is what I will be doing, and uh, I should report back on later days when I get a chance to talk to Tim about it as well about um, my experiences with these devices but um, yeah I'm enjoying it it's a lot of fun so that'd be cool want to give a brief mention to our sponsors uh, OWC computing maxsales.com while I'm talking to you um, yeah you've <laughs> one of the uh, one of the challenges Tim and I face now with 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 max sales is that we've kind of said everything that we can say about it in that, you know, we've covered all sorts of different facets of the company. But one of the things that we don't mention that often is their email lists and blogs, which are really kind of cool. I get the um, the rocket list from them every week. Uh, and this is kind of a, it's like a newsletter, um, talks about stuff that's going on in the industry, obviously skewed towards um, things that are applicable to stuff OWC sells. But, um, you know, they, they, they have some good writers on there and they like to talk about um, all sorts of different things that are going on in the industry. Um, so, for instance, they are talking on in this week's one about the uh, media event that Apple have announced for the iPhone. Um, they are talking about um, changes Mac in macOS Mojave. Uh, they have a cartoon in there as well, um, industry news. It's got all sorts of stuff. It's really quite a nice resource. And while it is obviously, as I say, skewed towards um, OWC's product line, um, so there's a little bit of advertising in there, what it, it what it doesn't have for a kind of a, a newsy type site is, is the kind of... Uh, plethora of third-party advertising and paid promotions and malware and all sorts of other things festooning the site. So it's really nice to read it online. Uh, and as I say, they will send it out to you every week as a um, as a news a news uh, email mailer as well. So uh, definitely worth, worth taking a look at that. Go to maxsales.com and search for Rocket Yard and you'll find it in there. Uh, and definitely worth a look. Okay, the other tech product that I've been looking at this week is, uh, as previously announced on the show, my new Microsoft Surface, the Surface Go. So um, this is the, uh, the Surface is, is Microsoft's line of kind of two-in-one portable computers. Um, they started originally with the Surface uh, RT which ran uh, an ARM version of, of Windows 8, and then the Surface Pro, which ran regular Windows 8. And then over time, it's kind of the Surface Pro has gotten larger, more powerful. Uh, and yeah, definitely moving in business circles, I see a lot of people with these because they're kind of like full 12-inch laptops in a tablet form factor. They have this really quite good, actually, um, magnetic keyboard cover that attaches to the bottom. It's, it's actually far better than the one Apple provides for the iPad Pro. Uh, it's a single single unit that just clips magnetically onto the bottom of the Microsoft Surface, but it has proper plastic keys. I would argue it has better key travel and key responsiveness than the latest uh, Apple Mac, MacBook Pro laptops. Um, and yet it's cover it, just flips up over the screen and covers the screen. Um, the the uh, Surface 
Surface Pro line also has this um, kickstand that gets, is built into the back of the tablet. So you just pull it out, it's infinitely adjustable. And that means it's very easy to pop a, a Microsoft Surface tablet down on the desk in front of you in landscape mode and um, use it as a laptop. And that's what most people do. Um, so the, the problem with Surface Pro is it's expensive. So Microsoft have launched the Surface Go to try and bring down the price level to something that um, perhaps non-professionals might afford or you might consider as a second uh, tablet. Almost, you know, really kind of in the space that perhaps the iPad or the iPad Pro is. Um, so, but the thing is, unlike the RT tablets they did in the past, this is a full Windows tablet. It's running Intel processors and uh, it runs uh, the full version of Windows 10 which means that you don't have some of the limitations that you had with the um, RT machines in terms of software availability and what have you. So um, I, when I, I was aware this was coming out. Now I've been using Windows tablets for some time. I like to, because my um, corporate computing environment is pretty much locked down, we are not meant to install our own software on our company laptops. Um, uh, really, any software that we install on the company laptop should be vetted by the company and approved by the company. Uh, and so I find it easier if I want to have my own computing device when I'm traveling to um, to have have something separate. So with that, I want something that's light and portable, um, easy to carry around on top of my regular 15-inch laptop. Um, and I've, I've come over the years to move away from the iPad to um, Windows tablets because... Occasionally, if I'm on a train I, and I'm using one of these devices, say watch video or something like that, and then I have to do some work or I get some email, then it's easy just to flip over to that on the tablet and, and do that. And unfortunately, I've tried to do that with the iPad and it just is too much hard work. There are applications that are missing that I need to use in the business environment. The multitasking environment is not, it's, at least it's there now, but it's, it's, it's kind of clunky compared to a Windows tablet. Um, and um, yeah, that the fact that I'm not able to run the same programs as I run on my regular corporate laptop is is difficult. On, on British trains in particular, if you're not sat on the table uh, and not all the seats have a table, then um, a regular corporate laptop, um, even a 13-inch one, is kind of difficult to use. There's just not really enough space. So a tablet makes much more sense in that environment, and I'm on the train all the time. So I've been using... Um, various different uh, Windows tablets over the time. I, I've never wanted to spend my own money for the price of a Surface Pro. So I've had the uh, the kind of the ones that are based on Atom processors. Um, and, you know, I've constantly gone to um, the best ones I feel I can afford. I don't buy them new. I buy them, buy them used. I'm a big eBay head. Um, the problem with all of those tablets, though, is that the Atom processors are fine. But the difficulty is, is that the um, storage on those devices is something called EMMC. It's basically like a, a glorified SD card and it's slow. Um, you can get faster or slower versions of EMMC depending on how much mon money the manufacturer spent, um, but it's all generally slow. Um, even the faster versions bring some slowdown and it really drags these machines down and it makes them kind of uncomfortable to use because they can be quite laggy and unresponsive. So that's the background of where I was coming from. So when Microsoft announced they were doing the Surface Go, which is effectively a smaller, cheaper 10-inch version of the Surface Pro, I was very, very interested. Now, they, they do it in two models. They do a 4 gigabyte memory one, 
with uh, that EMMC storage of 64 gig, and then they do an 8 gig memory one with a 128 gig storage, which is a proper SSD. So because I'd had difficulties with the EMC in the past, the uh, the more expensive one, the 128 gig one, was the one I've gone for. When you open this device up, um, it is literally like a shrunk down Microsoft Surface Pro. So if you've ever seen one of those, you've, most people I think who are interested in such things might have had to play around with one in the store. It's exactly the same, except smaller. Um, it, 10 inches uh, is in a three by two layout, but 10 inches is, is probably as small as they can make it while still making it usable. It, it kind of has a cute factor to it because it's it's small. Um, it's effectively the same size as your regular iPad, um, but it is a full Windows computer. And by that, I mean it's a full Windows. It does everything that I could imagine you want to do on a cheap Windows computer. And I tell you, it's really, really nice. Very high resolution screen. Um, not quite retina class, but it's getting up there. It's certainly better than most cheap um, Windows tablets and, and even cheap Windows laptops that you'll see at this sort of price range. I think I paid um, just less than £500 for, for mine, and they're about the same price in, in dollars. So they start at $399, and then I think the next one is is 520 something like that, 5519 for the, for the model I had. Um, build quality is exemplary. Um, basically, if... Apple did a Windows tablet, this is how they would build it. Um, I mean, it's absolutely flawless, perfect, very, very solid. Uh, and yeah, performance-wise, I really can't complain at all. It comes running Windows 10 Home, um, which is what most people need, to be honest. If you're in a corporate environment and you want to log on to the domain, you need to upgrade to Pro. But um, if you don't need to do that, uh, and certainly as a personal device, you don't need to do that, then Windows 10 Home is fine. Um, it comes locked into something they now call S mode, which basically means it will open only um, load apps from the uh, Microsoft Store. Um, and it will also only run the Microsoft Edge browser. Um, and you know what? That's fine. Actually, the, the Microsoft Store is not as bad as a lot of people say. It's, it's no app. It's no uh, iOS or Google Play app store. But um, you know, there's, there's actually not. It's not, it's not lack, that lacking in programs. You can even get full versions of Microsoft Office, the full desktop versions, running as store version of the apps um, if you need to. But um, it's free to change out of S mode. Um, you just have to go to the store and say, I want to leave S mode, and then you can run any Windows app you want. Um, and it and it will. It runs, I've, I've put all sorts of stuff on there, and it runs it all very, very well. There was a lot of consternation when the, the Windows, uh, when the Surface Go was announced because it used a processor that nobody ever heard of. Um, it's, a pen, it's called a Pentium Gold. Um, and effect, effectively, it's kind of a modern dual-core version of the old um, Intel Core M chips. Um, and it's yeah, it's absolutely fine. Um, it's not it's not an absolute ball of fire, but for a kind of four five hundred dollar laptop, it's uh, and it's not as good as an iPad Pro, but um, for a four five hundred dollar laptop, it's perfectly adequate. Um, and certainly on my SSD model, I'm having no none of the slowdowns or the pauses or the lags that I've been living with for years on these um, Atom tablets. So I'm really very pleased with it. There's a lot of kind of people who've reviewed this product and kind of look down their nose at it and go, well, it's too underpowered. And there are some people who are saying it's unusable. Well, that's a load of rubbish. Absolute load of rubbish. Now, I hang out on the uh, Surface 
Microsoft Surface Reddit uh, subreddit, and there's plenty of people with the 4 gig EMMC versions on there that are saying they also are having no slowdowns, no problems either. So it looks like Microsoft has paid for the fastest EMMC they could afford for the uh, Surface Go. So if you are interested in this product and you want to pay the entry-level price, then don't let the EMMC put you off. Um, what I would recommend against, and this is what I've done, is perhaps not getting the Microsoft accessories, the type cover. Um, the type cover is very, very good. Some people have complained because they've got the smaller 10-inch profile that um, it's a little bit small to type on. Um, okay, I guess that's something you, you can uh, accommodate with if you want. But the problem with the uh, type cover is it's not bundled with the device and it's expensive. It's like... Um, if you get a regular plastic one, it's $100. If you want the um, nicer one with the Alcantara kind of fake leather cover, <coughs> excuse me, fake leather finish to it, then that's $125. Uh, and I don't think that's good value at all. You know, you could end up spending a quarter of the value of the device just on the keyboard. To me, that's not good. So what, I, what I've done with mine is I bought it without the cover and I'm using... Um, an external Microsoft Bluetooth keyboard that I already had. Um, Microsoft has done, Microsoft does great peripherals. They're really nice quality. They're very well built. Um, they're really good value. If you buy them on eBay, you can often pick them up brand new for uh, fractions of what they cost new. And I'm sure that'll be the same for the type cover for the Surface Go in time. Um, obviously, it's a new device at the moment. You've got to pay full price. So um, if, if the type cover is what you want, that's fine. Me, I'm perfectly happy to rock with an external small keyboard. Um, uh, and the one I have is the Microsoft Wedge that's that's very, very nice and very high quality and uh, does, does fine for me. They have a mouse as well. If you want a special branded Surface mouse, that's fine. They also do a pen. And again, the pen is $100. Now, I guess if you really are into writing on this device, you want to do write, written notes and that sort of thing, then you need to have a pen. There are, it uses the same pen technology as all the other more recent Surface devices, so you don't have to get the Microsoft pen. There are third-party alternatives. There are used ones available. Um, and certainly, I think, unless you were you are buying it specifically because you want to do writing of electronic notes or you want to do drawing on it, I would recommend not buying the brand new pen because put those two together, uh, the keyboard and the pen, and you're well over half the cost of the device again, and I don't think that's good value for accessories. Um, as as far as using it, using the thing itself is concerned, I absolutely love it. It really is great. It's exactly what I was personally looking for in that it's like an iPad, but it runs Windows, which means I can do any of my work stuff on it, as well as doing, um, you know, kind of the, the stuff I like to do on travel, that's browsing the internet, um, watching videos, uh, a bit of reading, stuff like that is fine. The downside, I would say, I mean, people say, well, why, well, maybe I should buy one of these instead of an iPad. It's not as good a tablet as the iPad is. It's a great laptop computer. It's a great portable laptop computer, but Windows 10 in a touch mode, using their uh, store applications is is good, but it's not as good as the iPad. The iPad absolutely rules that. So if you're looking for something that's a tablet first and a computer second, um, you might want to stick with the iPad. Um, if you're looking for something that can really do both jobs uh, adequately, but the computing side really, really well, then you probably should be looking at the Surface Go. Um, and if you're looking for your own kind of your, your single 
only computer running Windows, then you might want to look to the Surface Pro, the, the bigger ones, because you get more power there. But um, I think the Surface Go is a nice product. I hope it does well. Um, I think we more need more diversity in the space. Uh, and if it is successful, it will drive Apple to continue to improve the iPad and the iPad Pro to make them more useful uh, in, a, in a computing environment as opposed to a tablet environment. So that's what I think. Um, anybody else out there got one? If you have, please drop us a line. Let us know what you think. I, I guess the only other uh, thing I would say as well is that if you are in the market for a, a Surface tablet right now, um, Microsoft are rumoured to be coming up with new Surface Surface Pros very, very shortly. So uh, if you if you if you listen to this and think you know what I've been thinking about getting a Surface Pro, David's talking about it now. I'm going to go out and get one. Just be aware it's about to be updated. That does mean there are some sale prices available. I've seen some very cheap prices for the Surface Pro in the US, particularly not not quite quite as good here in the UK. But um, if you want the Surface Pro, you might be able to pick one up for not much more than that mid-range Surface Co I've just had. Um, if certainly if you're on the US sites, um, but also bear in mind if you think you get a real bargain there that they are basically shifting them out because they're about to replace them with new units. So um, if if that having the latest and greatest is important to you, then hold off for a bit until they've uh, announced what the new Microsoft Surface hotness is. Okay, so uh, I think I'm going to leave it there for this week. Uh, just wanted to update you on those two products and. Um, I will hopefully be talking to Tim next week without the cricket. I did actually ask him if he wanted to interview the cricket, but he said even interviewing the cricket would be too loud. So um, there you go. No insights from the crickets on the latest Apple iPhone rumours. And uh, speak to you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>